Hey, what's poppin' people? It's your boy Kaz, one half of the Say Less with Kaz and Low Key podcast. Um, yeah, so quick thing, you know, sometimes uh, we make boo boos, and uh, not gonna hold you. Don't know what happened. Um, you know, usually every week we give you some of the best content we possibly can, and uh, in the era of COVID nineteen, the era of just anything can happen. Um, but still trying to put out the best quality content we can um things got a little muddled so for this episode and this episode only there will be no video until we figure out what the hell happened with zoom but um for all you podcast listeners this is a real good treat for you because you could uh you know subscribe to apple spotify google or podbean or wherever the hell you listen to podcasts and get this amazing episode with our good buddy ron funches in all its amazing audio glory. Uh, we'll have a few visuals here and there, but as far as the full episode is concerned, for guys on YouTube.com slash Kazim, uh, it might be SOL, guys. But we'll be back next week, back in effect like we always do, um, in all of our video and visual glory, because I know you love seeing our amazing, black, beautiful faces. But until then, Edin, do what you do, brother. I love you. Smooches. Bye. Yo, what's poppin' people? Welcome back to Say Less with Kaz and Lowkey. My name is Kaz. I'm Lowkey. I got it. No, that's not Lowkey. <laughs> Jake on the line. Uh, so this is definitely a special episode. I like to do these midweek episodes, uh, you know, with special guests. Um, so that's where we're going to keep that tradition going. Uh, Lowe is in DC right now, but we're, we're, we're still bringing you the greatness of say less. Uh, we're going to use the power of technology and learning that, Hey, we could kind of make these things work when, you know, Lowe's a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. Jake's a busy guy. Eden's a busy guy, but you know, Eden is here doing the behind the scenes thing uh from the phone <laughs> just <laughs> making sure his side his side is straight. Uh we got Jake always holding me down. This is the this is our first say less with Kaz and Jake. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like, I mean for the next couple of minutes. Probably the first and last. Probably. Uh, no, it, it's it's one thousand percent the first and last, definitely. I'm not even gonna <laughs> right. message you. But you know, it is uh it's two o'clock, you know what I mean? Two o'clock. Wow. It's Tuesday. I said two o'clock when I meant to say it's, Tuesday. It's the two o'clock of like the week, you know? Yeah, that's definitely what it is. It's the two o'clock of the week. It's the day's not really there, but we're we're almost getting started. Um anyway, my gosh, I didn't even do the, the one two thing I'm always supposed to do. Subscribe to the podcast on uh, YouTube.com slash Kazim. That's YouTube, Y-O-U-T-U-B-E slash K-A-Z-E-E-M. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast through Apple or Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. And please, please, if you can, uh, leave a comment, you know, leave a rating, um, those five stars and those little notes that people leave in the, in the, in the notes or, or, or comments for the podcast, it really, really, really helps. And uh, it's funny, you know what I mean, that, you know, every week we we're, we're starting to see steady growth and 
I just want to thank everybody for continuing to support the grind and support, you know, say less and everything we're doing. We're still waiting for my man Lowe. Lowe's going to be here in a little bit. But, you know, this is one of those things where we just got to keep it moving because it's Tuesday. It's almost like a bonus episode day. I feel like these two yeah. episodes, Jay, Jay kind of feel, starting to feel like, uh, you know, it's exclusive content. Ex- exclusive content, right? Like it feels like I, I, I don't like going a whole week without talking on this medium. Hey, you know what I mean? Like does? I don't, who doesn't, you know, like I don't yeah, like, yeah. I don't like going an entire week without really uh, chatting with you guys and, you know, getting some feedback yeah, and putting I'll, out some content. Yeah. A million things happen in a week. So like you miss a couple of days and there's like, Oh my whole, gosh. Like let's, let's, know. I mean, gosh, between the <laughs> like, past 48 like, hours, right. Since Sunday, which we usually record. Yeah. Even less than 40, yeah, 48, less than 48, like 24 hours. 20, I mean, gosh, yeah, pretty much had the passing of, of John Thompson. We've had, yeah, uh, shout out. you know what I mean? Hey, shout I, out to the legendary, you know, Georgetown crew. Um, man, yeah. my absolute, one of the first, like, real, true, like, role models I had, and I didn't even know the guy, you know what I mean? Like, but he just always seemed like he wasn't a bullshitter, you know what I mean? He had this very big dad energy, you know what I mean? Like, it's weird. For, for John Thompson, like, anybody who, like, played hoops, played hoops. Anybody who hooped or anybody who kind of, like, you know, came up in the basketball culture, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially in the 80s and 90s, you always had, like, TV dad figures, you know what I mean? And, like, for a lot of people, it was, like, you know, your, your Bill Cosby's and, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> Carl yeah. Winslow's and, you know, yeah. dude from fucking Good Times. Like, there's always, like, the, oh, the black daddy on TV that you kind of, like, yeah. relate to. And for me, it was yeah. always John Thompson. Like, he always kind of carried himself, like, you know what I mean? Like somebody who just not like he'd whip your ass, but like he'd lo- tell you he loved you afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like the ass whooping you needed. Like yeah, it's always like, it's it's always the ass whooping that you absolutely need. It's a very very necessary ass whooping. Very necessary ass whooping. Um, but like yeah, it's crazy, man. John Thompson passed away uh, a few days What's ago. Crazy is like. He is like a father figure, you're saying, but like even like a bunch of his players have become father figures to other people. Like right. that coaching tree, like right. Patrick Ewing played for him, right? And he's now coach. He has that, that funny uh, clip, I know, but uh, he's done a lot in coaching and a lot in playing, mm-hmm. you know, especially uh, as a role model for struggling Knicks fans, you know? Yeah, I mean, let's keep it a bean. Uh, you know, uh, John Thompson, you know what I mean, especially when you're a head coach, especially when you're a black head coach, I feel like head coaches absolutely need to live up to even being more than a coach to, to some people, right? I mean, look at Nate McMillan. Yeah, I mean, like, not even that. I mean, in the sense of, like, especially college coaches. Like, for the first time, you know, a lot of these kids are, you know, leaving the nest, you know, and thinking of a lot, thinking of a lot of uh, other basketball players or basketball coaches, rather like, you know, depending on where you're from or depending on, you know, what type of life that you were living back home, 
it could be a little difficult. You know what I mean? Like it could be a lot difficult, especially if you didn't have that father figure in your life. And like we've seen with, you know, the, the, the Iversons and, you know, the yeah. many other players that was probably come and played after, um, played at, played for John Thompson. Um, you know, they've, they've, the reason why they looked at John Thompson as a father figure is because a lot of them didn't have fathers, you know what I mean? Like, or weren't, didn't have fathers that were like really present. So like, it's crazy that, you know, it's this whole man, it's just an unprecedented time for like, you know, black symbolic figures, you know, like it's, it's unprecedented. Like it's creepy. Like it's messed up that like, a guy I feel like, like it Johnson. might be precedent. I feel like there might be precedent for it. We just don't know about it. Like, I mean, I mean here's like my eighteen hundreds. Like, I mean, I, I mean, like, not in the eighteen hundreds, dude. But I'm saying in the like, sense of like, we are a media generation, and symbols yeah. are important. People that portray superheroes are important. People that are, you know, seen as father figures and giants within their community, especially when it comes to social justice, especially when it comes to any sort of any sort of movement that's happened in the past several years, you know, it's it's crazy. It's like I, I can't remember a time where this many important black figures, yeah, either something, yeah, or or, or or killed or dying. Or, like it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take. It's, got, it's, it's a, a lot. Yeah. It seems like every couple of days, it's like a new bombshell. It's like, who's next? And, yeah, I don't even want to have any I mean, yeah. I mean, God forbid, but, obviously. But, like, but, it's just it's just really unprecedented, man. Like, I've never in my life thought that, well, you know, we'd have to eulogize this many people. I'm not really, you know uh, – I don't know. I don't want to get too deep. I think, I, yeah, I think, like, I, I would take solace in at least John Thompson's case that, like, he lived, like, such a great life. Like, he lived it wasn't such a, a great sad, Yeah. It wasn't, like, a tragic death. It wasn't tragedy or it wasn't, it was, like, like, you know what I mean? It was, like, it was sad, but, like, it was, like, a happy it happened kind of thing. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, he has such a legacy. And, like, the legacy – carryover effect to all the people that he impacted and like that spiral effect is a cool to think about and like it's probably impacted i mean millions in reality but like thousands of like players who have gone on to impact another you know 20 30 guys you know mm-hmm. just that like a little snowball effect i think is like a, a beautiful legacy to leave the earth because it's like just keeps on going you know yeah, I mean, like, you, you can't you, – you couldn't have said it any better, man. Like, I guess the best mark of a man and, and the life that they lived is, you know, what they – who do they leave this world for, man? Like, who do they leave this world for? Like, you want to make sure that – like I said in the last episode, all of us are going to go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. all of us are going to go. But, like, it's all about leaving legacy. And these people – you know what I mean? That have passed in the past few days. You're talking about Cliff Robinson. You're talking about yeah, Wilson, you're talking about John Thompson. You're talking about Bozeman. Like you probably and, yeah. There's so many. It is. It is really, really a tough, tough week. But that's not the only reason why I wanted to talk to you guys today. I mean, not just because 
so many things. Yeah, we got we got game sevens. We got we're watching we got game, game seven as two we seven. speak. Two game sevens. Uh, yeah. We got one Jazz. game seven. I, I I expected, which is happening right now. You saw Jazz versus Denver Nuggets. Uh, you know, I kinda, you saw that coming. You saw. I kind of expected that. Yeah. Three one. Yeah, they, yeah, I expected that because Jamal Murray, like he. He just started snowballing in a way where, like, he just never right. he's going to miss. He got, like, the 2K sliders up. But it looks like yeah. he's got the game for, like, he's – it looked like he got 2K, like, three months early and just, like, figured out all the, like, specialty moves. And, like, <laughs> like everybody else just got that shit. And he's just yeah. Yeah. Like, like, he's absolutely making this look incredibly easy. Incredibly easy. And, you know, even though they were down 3-1 – I still always thought Denver had the talent. Like, when a team's that talented, you know what I mean? You kind of feel like everything's – it's not going to be – they're what they call a hard out. You know what I mean? Like, between Jokic and Harris coming back and Michael Porter finding himself. and like, bowl, bowl. It doesn't – I mean, when you got Jamal Murray shooting the way he's shooting, it really doesn't even matter at that point. Like, it doesn't matter. And they only need – they only need like one of their seven guys to have a great game. Yeah. And like they're good. Like they can, and if they don't, then they got like Jokic, who, I mean, if Murray doesn't do it, Jokic is going to be open. Like you mm-hmm. can't double team mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. I think I haven't really paid attention to the, if they've been double teaming Murray this game. Right. But like you almost I mean, got to. They were talking about like, uh, yesterday. They were talking a lot about, well, when it comes to Jimmy Butler and, you know, everybody uh, kicking them the Bucks' ass, how many of these buckets did they get on? Yo, can we get Jimmy some props? Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy been out here not asking for credit, not asking for shit, mm-hmm. and just, like, staying true. Like, Doing the work. His, yeah, he's not running from the grind. Not running from the Guys, we told we promised we we're gonna we we're gonna be nice to hey, you now. No more PG. That was that was just a reference. Just a reference. Just a reference. Paul George out here hooping, yeah. They All they right. got their they got their revenge. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We got we got we got a we got a caller on the line. So let's let's start this over again. Yo, what's popping, people? Welcome back to Say Less with Kaz and Low Key. My name is Kaz. Yo, what's poppin', my niggas? Uh, Loki from New Jersey, Howard University graduate, Apple Music hits host of, uh, you know. <laughs> it don't hit the same without not being in the barbershop, huh? Yeah, it's not. It's not. The same. <laughs> I, had to, I had to take care of some some business out of town, but uh, listen, and that's gonna happen. That's yeah. go. That's going to happen. Like we live. If there's anything that the 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 pandemic has taught us. Is that we do not need to all be in the same place to do nah, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so we know low. Listen, anybody who knows low is is Papa is a Rolling Stone. Yeah. Whenever he leaves, a snapback is his home. So there's gonna be some days where he's on the road in the, in the hotel room, or there's gonna be some days where I'm on the road or in a hotel room. But yeah. God damn it. This is Say Less with Kaz and Low Key. We told you guys we're going to give you content if you keep supporting us. And God damn it, we are here for you. I know what it's like to be at work. What's going on, brother? How you, 
No, I'm just trying to say, man, like, I know what it's like to be at work and then, like, yo, you're one of your favorite podcasts or a podcast you're just starting to to love and get used to. They're not there on the day you expect. It's like, yo, what the fuck? I mean, it's it's a lot. Like, I I got a lot of, it says a lot of things going on. Um, It's a lot of, you know, the the cheat sheet shit happened last night with Versus Battle with Brandy and Monica. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. I you know, Brandy and Monica, I'm, I'm surprised Brandy and Monica didn't fucking choke each other at some point. Right, yeah, that was, that was supposed to be, you know, everybody, that's why they stayed for the whole three hours that they <laughs> want to see a whole, they want to see a brawl. That's so, the only, that's the only thing that kept me watching. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Uh, like, yeah, I, no, it was, you know, like, it was, you could tell that, you could tell that there was, the, the tension was as thick as Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj's butt shots. You could tell the <laughs> tension was that thick. And and like I grew up with th- I grew up with like three sisters. And like, you know, I grew up with like a lot of, you know, women in my household. So mm-hmm. I could tell when like women aren't feeling each other. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. and Monica really didn't hide the you know the the disdain for <laughs> <laughs> like she wasn't hiding it. And it's like it's, it's fine, like you know, she played her part because you know versus you know they offer that. Bad. We know, yeah, we know. Versus does for anybody now, like the versus. I feel like the versus battle is like. Remember we used to talk about like the Drake. Be careful, right, well, 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 hold on, be careful because you know. Oh, like, be careful, be careful. Gosh, all right. All I'm saying. <laughs> be careful. All I'm. I do not. Yeah. I'm not. That's I do like, not want to like, stop. That's like me talking about, about the shop. That's like. All me right, Hey, uh, no, hey, all, hey. no, no, so I wasn't what? even saying that. I wasn't even saying that. No, I'm just saying, be careful. I'm just saying, like, you know how, like, bro, you know how, you know how we give it up. Listen, all I'm saying is those artists knows what the verses does for them. Yeah, of course, no, of course. You go on verses, it don't yeah. matter how old you are. Like, this numbers have shown. We've seen the statistics. Like, streams is going up. People are watching your videos. People watching. Yeah, Brandy show went up today. Yeah, of course. Brandy. Every all it, I know, I do it. I know, like as soon as the versus battle is over, I'm like, damn, they didn't play this. They didn't play that. All right, 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 right. Two hours goes by, and I'm like, an hour and a half deep into a Brandy and Monica playlist of my own, or I'm listening to the cheat sheet with low key. Or yeah. I'm watching, you know, the recaps and hearing people talk about it because there's always going to be memes and jokes that come after it. Like, the versus right. battle, like, if Snoop and Tim do this, I mean, I'm sure they have done it right. And who knows? Well, you know, Swiss, not, Swiss, Swiss, Swiss and Tim. Swiss and Tim. Swiss and Tim, yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not in the room to understand, like, how they do this. But, like, they can really change the game once we all go back to normal. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's like if two or three years down the line there's a vaccine and we can have live concerts again and 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 shows and all that shit, like who's not signing up to go on a versus tour? But I like, think I think I think they're looking at I think they're looking at metrics and I think they're looking at um whose 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 numbers have progressed after the battle because right. You can have an immaculate battle and you can have something that's so fun and that's so intriguing and that's so like breathtaking or whatever the case is. But if those numbers aren't streaming after the battle, then like what's what's the turnaround on the ticket look like? Mm. You feel what I'm saying? So mm. and not to say that whoever whoever's turnaround doesn't look crazy, isn't worthy of a concert or isn't isn't worthy of a performance, but not gonna hold you. I don't want to go to a concert with Neo and Jonte Austin. All right, so here's my thing, right? Here's my here's my. And, and, but but hold on, 
it doesn't negate the quality of what they contributed to the game. Mm-hmm. If we're going off the battles of what they've looked like and how they were dressed up, I want to see T-Pain and Little John as opposed to Sean Garrett and The Dream, right. Nemo and Jonte Austin. Because right. now this has become a spectacle. Yeah. And that's what, that's what the verses has become. Now, when people come to these battles, you have to, you have to personify personality. Mm-hmm. Last night, yes, it was two black women with two beautiful catalogs because they had their static in the beginning of their career. People it's were still do apparently. No, I mean apparently it still do, mm-hmm. but it, people were intrigued by that. There has to be an entry point of interest before you take that shit on the road. You feel what I'm saying? Like T yeah. provided entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, man. here's here's so here's here's my guess, right? Like, why don't you like inside the actor's studio with it? You know what I mean? Like, you you do like the Madison Square Garden Theater or whatever, or you do like uh, the T- not Tammany Hall, like Sony Hall or something, right. and you literally just like it, it'll be like half crown, half like rap battle. Like you go to like like you go into a URL battle, and like depending on who it is, like if it's like Jonta Austin and like. I don't know, uh, Brian Michael Cox doing uh, doing a battle. You right. know what I'm saying? Like it, it could be calm, it could be classy. You got like two two of them sitting down. Like that that doesn't really like kill you with overhead. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting to like my production head now. Like right? Like if you, all you need is the artist and the DJ to play songs. And if you want to like, like put yourself in that, like if you want to end up making it like a bigger show. Like if you if you do if you want to go T Pain versus Lil John with it, like it comes out of your pocket. It's like you're trying to win, right? All right. But you know the thing is, like, Kaz, I use I use this example on uh, the Rap Life review that I do at Nadeska and Ebro every mm-hmm. Monday on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I use this example. So it's like, imagine coming to your grandmother's house, right, and she cooks the fire oxtail, right? <laughs> Like, no, follow me, follow me. Okay, I'm following you. She cooks a fire oxtail, right? And then say one of our friends who has this, like, incredible chef that has connections all over the world, and you bring that chef to your grandmother's Thanksgiving, right? And he's Mm -hmm. like, and we didn't know what he was doing. He was just like, you know, this is one of our friends. So he tastes the oxtail, and he was like, yo, I can take this around the world. <laughs> right? No, follow me. Keep I'm on. following. I'm following. I could take this around the world. So now he's like, all right, Grandma, give me the, 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 the ingredients that I need to take this and sell it and broadcast it to chefs, restaurants, brands, ah, yeah, 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 all that mm-hmm. shit, right? Mm-hmm. So now he does that. And so now, you know, your grandmother's recipe is in Walmart, it's in Trader Joe's, it's in Whole Foods, it's in, you know, Lion Food, it's in everywhere. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother's recipe has now lost the spice because it's manufactured. Mm-hmm. Which is what I was trying to get to when we were talking okay. about the incense with with, with the pussy incense. Yeah, I was trying to get to that point. <laughs> so now, so now we're looking at it like, okay. So now we we have flooded the market with pussy incense. Right, That's why. Right. Yeah. So now, so now, so now, Cash, your Lowers grandmother's oxtails are all over the country, but the spice is lost. So that's how I look at. That's how I look at. Um, 
That's how I look at verses. Okay. Like we had Sean Garrett in the dream. The nigga I was, was about to say, there's not a small party that doesn't miss like drunk no, that's, Sean that's, Garrett. That's what I was getting at. Not knowing how to do it. That's exactly what I was getting at. Yeah. Sean Garrett in the dream. That nigga was coked up and whatever the fuck he was. <laughs> but it was a great entertainment pinpoint, right? Yes. yes. And then little John and T Pain, these niggas was junk. T Pain is smoking hookah, running out the camera. Little John is taking shots of fucking tequila. Great moment. Mm. We have lost those moments in this battle. And obviously, I'm entrenched in the, the, the verses because I do the cheat sheet and, you know, I'm Apple Music. So this is no detriment to them. Gang, gang. I'm just saying that <laughs> the spice... Yeah, gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying the spice, the spice has dwindled down. The spice has now been removed from it. Now it's like it's a manufactured spice that we're not used to tasting. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's difficult to say. Yo, All right. So I'll, I'll counter like, with this. I'll counter with this. Okay. Like, isn't for some people, that's their end goal. You know what I mean? Like, for that's some fine. People, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. For some people, like, of course, there's always going to be those people that, you know, want the good old days or like, or, or kind of like would be mad if, you know, we, we see it all the time. People love things until they're popular. People love things until they are popular. You know what I mean? Like, people love artists until they're popular. People love nightclubs until they're popular. People love, you know, uh, certain fads and foods and dressing and fashions and all this type of garbage. Like, for some reason, we're so afraid of people to, like, help build something like bigger than it ever could be. Like for some reason, like the higher you get, that's when like the loud support like falls back. And I feel like we can all kind of relate to this as far as like, you know, career driven dudes, people who have like worked in certain industries, like for some reason, once you start to see tangible success, it feels like the loud support that got you there dissipates. And I feel like that's usually the hardest part of doing something like a versus or a live experience. Like what do you do to continue to like build revenue? Because that's what you're doing it for. Like if you don't, you don't get into this business, what do you do to continue to build it while maintaining its soul? Like make sure like it stays. I, I, think, fun. I, I think, I think what Tim and Swizz did was one, you know, they started out as a rambunctious, ridiculous concept that all of us had to cling on to because one, it was COVID and that was the early part of it. So there was nothing for us to look at or be attracted to. So they took advantage of that, that pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Then it started to remind us of the golden age of R&B, the golden age of hip hop, the golden age of New Jack, New Jack Swing. Mm-hmm. They, they knew they, the path that they were on was personified and perfect. Like you can't deny that. They knew what they were doing. Like mm-hmm. these are guys from 89, not 89, like 98, 97, 96, 95. They knew what the, exactly what the fuck they were doing. I think what happened was People knew that it deserved a better platform and people knew it deserved a better presentation. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the better presentation, 
you lose the sauce and you lose the, the seasoning because now corporate wants to know, well, we want to do this and we want to look to look at like that. And we want, you know, we want, we want parts. Mm-hmm. So I, I can understand that. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I know, I know that corporate structure. I know what it looks like. I understand and I get it. I've been a part of it plenty of times. Yeah. You lose the home cooked aspect. Yeah. Like you lose the, exactly. Jake. You lose the home cooked aspect of it. But at the same time, when it's black owned and when it's people, they started this battle out of a fucking car. I like, feel like it's harder. Like, I feel like it's, it's I feel like for some people, harder. Yeah, it's incredibly hard. Black owned businesses, like. But I feel like, but I feel like they have a control. I feel like they have a control because now a corporation or a brand may not have wanted to do Brandy and Monica because that's not a draw in. Numbers wise, they would not think, oh, well, no one's going to care about Brandy and Monica because mm-hmm. they, they have. Because the numbers say so. Right. Yeah. Together, they have three number one hits. Yeah. Together, they have two number one albums. Right. Like if you look at the numbers, they're going to be like, ah, that's not attractive. Right. They were the only ones for three hours to hold one million people. And you look at all the names that have been a part of Versus over the last seven months. That is crazy. Randy and Monica for three hours held one million people steady. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. that's the power of Versus. It allows us to go back and get those those intricate parts of R&B and hip-hop and be like, no, you guys are celebrated, you're reveled, like, we love, this is what you need to be a part of. And when you see the numbers now, it's like, oh, we got to go back and celebrate these other artists that are in their same lane that may not have Grammys, that may not have American Music Awards, that may not have seven number one albums on the Billboard 200. Now we got to celebrate. This is an indication of where those numbers can go. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Missy or a Mary J. Blige or a Mary or a Mariah Carey. It can be a Keisha Cole. It can be an Ashanti. It can be a Maya. It can be a Fantasia. This battle was an indication of what these these battles can look like, and it has to be more women as well. Like we definitely has to be more women. I feel like the, I feel like that's one thing that you know we don't. I don't know why. Like we're we're kind of like avoiding the elephant in the room. Like yeah. yeah. We're, we need more women on, on verses. Like it's, it's, this, this was the point. This was this was the catalyst to say, this is why we need more women. Yeah, I this almost feel the like there's like where is the and granted, I love that you know we can we can reach back to the OGs. Like, does it like speak more about like the current generation that there's not like any two female artists in the past 10 years that like were like super relevant in the past 10 years that we can't pull into a versus or is it just more like well too many egos in one room like is it something like what do you think it is like i hope it's like i don't think it's like granted it's a combination it's a combination grant yeah i, I mean I, to be honest the past 10 years plus i've been dominated by two women and and they're not gonna do it. They're not gonna do it, <laughs> right? Like they don't. I don't think they have the catalog. I mean, they have. The, I'm sorry. They have the catalog. I'm tripping. They have the catalog. I don't think they are far enough removed to see the bigger picture for both of them. 
No, well, and you look at Brandy and Monica because that, that was like a 12-year thing or yeah. like 13, 12, 13-year thing of, or issue or whatever the fuck you wanted to call it because yeah. honestly, last night the, the issue was still there. But Right. <laughs> and um, maybe we were hyping it on social media. Maybe we were. No, we were part of that. If you really observe that battle and if you know women, like you claim you know women, you can see it. Like, it's like, bro, like, come on. You can get the attention with it. It was phenomenal. And I'm not trying to pick two women against each other. That's why I retained the viewers. See, honestly, I'm like, at at some point, I'm watching along to see, like, yo, they're going to. She's Bro, gonna jump over that table. Like, like, yeah, I'm like the re- I'm like either uh, I, my pro wrestling mind starts going to work. I'm like they haven't touched those bottles at all. I'm they like what, so if, what if one of those I'm bottles is a trick cool. bottle? And she's gonna pick it up and ah, the boy's mine, bitch. Why would told that Brandy doesn't drink anymore? From not uh, I don't know Monica. Maybe she just like already loose at the mouth and head, and she don't need no alcohol. <laughs> and that's no detriment to her. Like, but some people just don't need. Or yeah, or vices. Yeah. But well, Monica Hudica or, or Gunica, is that what they call yeah, her? Gunica. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Gunica got some of her brown in her before she came. She's like, let me get, let me t- let me take my medicine before I have to deal with this. Boy, this yo, if you walk in, a, if you walk into a spot with a Fendi outfit like that, you have <laughs> either smoked or you have taken a shot of like whiskey or, or cognac of some sort. You're not walking into a spot like that sober. No, no way. No, 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 no. But to your point, Kaz, um, I feel like Brandy and Monica were far removed from their issues or whatever the case was, even though we saw it a little bit live and direct last night. But I don't think Nikki and Cardi are far removed from their issues, whatever their issues may be. Um, even you look at Nas and Jay, like we were talking about that, I think, for two weeks ago or last week, about yeah. releasing records the same day Nas does. To your, Which, um, hey, to your point, what you, hey. you say? Does the beef ever die? I don't know if it's a thing about the beef ever dying, but I do call it a hell of a coincidence. <laughs> 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 like Nas, and like, I'm like that. Is, I mean, I'm sure like nobody's that. Bad. We're we're fans of music. What we do, yeah. we just love digging in and talking about this stuff. Like we are the one percent of the rap fan, right? Well, like, we're the, we're the conspiracy theorists. So yeah, like, like we will go the extra mile and think. We're the people that go like ninety nine point nine percent of like other rap fans probably don't really give a shit about, or don't even make the connection. Like, damn, they do, like like they don't go damn. Or 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 I'll take you a step further. Or the bracket, the age bracket does not concern them because when it become when it comes to a Drake, a Kendrick, or Drake a Pusha, mm-hmm. they'll go that extra mile. Mm-hmm. I necessarily won't give a fuck because I just like to see niggas spar. When I'm involved and entrenched in a Nas and Jay like I was back in like college, and yeah. I I can pick apart certain things. I'm not necessarily looking at every little thing Drake and Pusha or Drake and put or Drake and Kendrick say to each other or Drake and Cole or Big Sean. I'm not really looking at none of that. So that it's it's a, it's an age generation thing. I don't even think, man. Listen, am I bugging? No, you're not. You're not at all. Like what bothers me about it is that like you know we're fans of rapping for the for the sport of it, for the love right. of it. Like when's the last time we've seen like two like competent rappers like spar for the sport, like just. Throw the light jabs, like 
I, I can't tell you the last time. I mean, I, I mean, can't like, the last what, time any competent rap. I think like Control might have been the last time. Like Kendrick made it fun, where he threw the gauntlet out. And some people respected it and was like, you know what? I'm going to go right back at him and tell him I'm the best. Ah, ah, ah. Some people took it like that. Others took it personally. And then others, there was another, you know, class of rapper that were, t- that were tested in there that it spilled so, some whole other shit. You know what, what I mean? You, wait, what do you call, all right, so not to cut you off, but what do you call the Drake and, and, and Pusha thing? What do you That's call personal. That? That's personal. Like but before, oh, before, before the actual before the actual gauntlet was laid, what would you call that beforehand? I feel like it was always personal. Like because I mean, you we like I said, we are the rap nerds and we will listen to, to the hell out of lyrics and we will draw conclusions that might not even be there. You know what I mean? Right. But you can't tell me, you know what I mean, like Pusha wasn't tugging Drake's chain for a minute. You know, he, was at, he was at he was at Wayne's chain first, right? right. He was at the old the whole the of Yeah, yeah. Like the whole Cash Money crew was catching it ever since. You know, what I mean, must have isn't, isn't that what like you said? But isn't that what it's about? Isn't that like competition? Like nigga, like when Holden, like and, well, no, not even Holden, but like when when Beans and Free and. Oskino and Sparks was given, you know, the beans, 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 beans and fruit, beans and Jada, beans and Jada seemed like that was that was like for the for the for the love of the game for like the health of the sport. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I can't like when's the last time like we really saw like two spars? You know what I mean? Just like you know what? Like I respect him, you respect me, but you're not just gonna come and just say my name. Ah, uh, uh, like you know, like does that even happen anymore? Or does everybody? Just take shit personal, and it, and, and it becomes like a beef now. I think the last time I saw it, the last time I saw it, and I don't know, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, and y'all can hit us on Twitter or, you know, YouTube comments. I think maybe Joe and Ransom was the last time I saw a spar. So mm, Ransom. I mean yeah. that turned that, that did turn physical after, but I, I don't know. I, I can't, you know, honestly, I can't, I can't recall. I'm not even going to hold you. Anyway, let me let me roll the dice here because we do have a guest today. It is a the midweek episode of Say Less with Kaz and Loki, and I like sort of the the cadence that we've built about uh, having great, amazing people join the show just to hop in on our conversations and just kind of have fun with it, man. Just have fun. So today's episode is no different. Um, just brought him into the Zoom call. Um, this man is there. He goes. You look. You look great, brother. You look great. Uh, a man Freshly that I followed. Showered. <laughs> a man I followed for a long time. He's one of the funniest people in the world. Uh, but better than that, you can't find anybody that can say a bad word about this guy. He's a fellow wrestling nerd like myself. But he's the host of Nice One on Quibi. You can catch him on Hoops on Netflix, animated series, doing some awesome outdoor shows as well. And he is the host of the Getting Better podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, say less with Kaz and Loki. Say what's up to Ron Funches. What's up, Ron? How you doing, brother? Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kaz. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, bro. You you booked and busy, man. I can't believe I could even get you for this time, man. I feel like every time I look on it on on Instagram or TV, you got a new gig, man. Got a new show. 
Yeah, no, it looks better than it is, you know. <laughs> Most of that stuff was done, you know, months and months ago and, and paid out months and months ago and then got pushed so that it all drops at once. So it looks like I'm doing well, but at the same time, I still very much need work. But, I, you know, I cannot complain. You know, I'm, I'm working, I'm happy, and I'm, you know, a lot of people in a much worse position than me. So I, I'm very grateful. Now, Ron, I, I, I've followed you for a long time. I've seen a lot of your stand-ups, you know, um, and I'm a, I'm a, I've, I've fashioned myself a stand-up nerd. Um, but, you know, I'm seeing you starting to do these outdoor shows. And, you know, as far as, like, the pandemic and everything and COVID-19, like, the industries that I saw that were going to end up getting hit the hardest was the live performance, the entertainment aspect, and especially stand-up comics. Now that you're doing these outdoor shows and these, these socially distanced uh, quarantine shows, how has the reaction been to that? And like, what do you, what's even safe to joke about in a year that's been like very, very sensitive? I mean, I think it always, it's always kind of like that in a way. I think more and more now though, it's about writing about the moment and how you feel in the moment. And people don't really give a shit about like, random like oh how do you feel about this particular politician or like what happened with you and your dog the other week you know you got to really be talking about something and talk coming from your heart you know uh and that's fine with me because that's how I like to write in general so I I don't tend to have a problem with it it just kind of changes the way that you know, it's kind of like going to the gym, you know, as opposed to like just working out and getting buff and bodybuilding and showing off in the mirror and being stoked about it. It's more like, oh, I got to get on this fucking treadmill and, and it sucks every day and I'm not feeling great about it. But I know at the end of the day, it's making me better. And, and I'm I'm still providing a service and, you know, people are still stressed the fuck out more than ever. So yeah. I've, I know when I was at my lowest before stuff like this, when I was just dealing with financial stress, when I was dealing with family stress, when I was dealing with shit at home I, that was out of my control, a lot of times I would turn to comedy, wrestling, basketball to, for a place to escape. And if I can, you know, be that for people now, I think that's my job. And I, and I take that seriously. You know? Now, Ron, I know, you know, you, a live show, especially stand-up, feeds so much off of energy. And the energy's got to be different, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. compared to regular shows. So, I mean, without giving away too much of what it's like at the events, because I want everybody who listens to this and watches to go see for yourself and pay tickets because, you know, we all need work. Um, <laughs> what's, what's the... What's the biggest difference that you've seen in quarantine crowds and social distance crowds to, you know, the regular night at the stand-up? I mean, it's just a different energy level and you got to kind of break through people being kind of nervous with even being there, you know? Mm. Like, that's the difference. I think that would be the main difference is before when you were going to a comedy club and everybody's getting in the zone and I had my playlist going. Like, everybody knew they were there for a fun time, for a fun night. Like, even now, though, you know, just to go outside, just to be around people, there's a little bit of apprehension. So you got to, you know, deal with that off top and, and address that off top and then move into what you're doing. So I think, yeah, that would be the biggest difference. Let me ask you a question, Ron. Um, you know, I'm a big comedian or stand-up fan. Like, I just, I love stand-up. Obviously, right now, it's needed. Mm -hmm. 
is there anything off limits to you? Is there anything that you just won't do? Is there anything that you won't talk about, discuss, joke about, or like even cover? And I know people are very sensitive right now, or they have been over the last, you know, three or four years. Is there stuff that you just automatically leave out, you know, from the president to sexuality to, you know, African-American culture? Is there stuff that you like, yo, there's no, we're just not going to do that because we know how sensitive people are nowadays? No, no, not really for me. Um, I mean, it might be different for people who maybe are more famous than me or, you know. <laughs> you're, you're very famous. Like, I, I, know, I know you're a very humble guy or you're very, you know, meek when it comes to, you know, this type of thing. But, like, you are very famous. Well, I mean, but. You're I, famous I don't really enough to have... get canceled. <laughs> not really, though, you know, just because I don't have any corporate sponsors. I don't have, like, any job that I've gotten. Like, you're like, oh, you've been in a Disney movie or whatever. But it's like, yeah, they already paid me, and that's <laughs> over. Like, there's nothing they can do to me, you know? So I don't – I just Listen, always they, – They said the same thing about Bill Cosby. He got paid out, too, and they, they damn sure took his shows off the well, you know, Bill, Bill was trying to buy NBC, and Bill also did what he was <laughs> Yeah, well, you out we there – like, We got to kind of skew that. Yeah, if you out there doing the stuff <laughs> – <laughs> They give you a third of your head start. Nigga was on Letterman saying, like, yeah, I was dropping shit in Kool-Aid. It's like my nigga, like, you can't say that. His whole bit's about Spanish fly and all that shit. It's it's out there. It's out there. And it stays. It don't go nowhere. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. I mean, listen, listen. I'm not here saying, like, advocating for Spanish fly and and billion the cop and all that stuff. I'm just saying. And, and just to, to, to add on to Lowe's point, I mean, you know, there is you you are you are very fa- like you're you're very famous. You know, what I mean, your your repertoire is, is is growing by the week and by the month. Um, and one thing that caught my eye was um, Quibi, the show on Quibi that you have called Nice One. And you know, a lot of the a lot of the jokes there are very much. You know, it's almost like a, a, a joke game show. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, when you get into the room with, you know, stand-up, other stand-up comedians and, you know, you got you get kind of shooting the shit, I always kind of, as an outsider, looked at it like, is this like like playing pickup ball, like, with, with other NBA players? Like, do you just roll the ball out and just – like, what's it like once you're yeah. all in the room with, like, other people that, you know, do the same things you do and, like, their attempts to make each other laugh, like – yeah, what? I think it would be the closest to, like, if I could dunk a basketball, you know? Like, I've I never been able to. I, 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 I am jealous of anyone that can't. But the way that I do that is by, like, writing a good joke in my style that that no one else would have thought of. And, yeah, when you see that when you with different minds uh, of all types, you know, whether it's someone like, like uh, Pete Holmes or someone like uh, – uh, Amanda Seals or someone, you know, just anyone that like just seeing them who stay completely in their lane and come up with a joke that I never would have thought of is exactly like that because it opens my mind to thing, my mind to things, and it makes me uh, start to write in a different way. And I've gotten really wonderful compliments from that. Like I went on uh, when David Spade had his show, Lights Out with David Spade. One of the, the nicest things he ever said to me between breaks, he was like, he's like. 
He's like, I like the way that you write. He goes, you look for the positive in these things where most of the time, he's like, my instinct is to tear down. And he goes, like, I even started telling my writers, like, hey, don't just give me jokes you think that I would want. He's like, find the Ron Funches route on this joke as well and give that to me as well. And I was like, that's one of the biggest compliments I've ever gotten that someone was like, you know, changing the way that they're thinking about their joke writing style because of what I do naturally makes me feel really good. Yeah, and, and I'd like to kind of piggyback on that, man. Like, you're one of the more, the most positive stand-up comedians, like, I've ever heard. Like, I almost, like, I always feel better after either, like, listening to a podcast of yours or seeing a bit of yours. Like, there's always, like, this overwhelming, like, joy and, like, goodness that you have that, that comes from comedy. And you have no qualms about, like talking about your own, you know, personal issues, whether it's, you know, come to, you know, depression or like weight loss and just, you're, you're an open book, man. So like, is that like a lot of the, the, is that the, the main focus that, you know, when you're doing your stand up comedy, is that what you look for? Like the joy, like what makes, mm-hmm. what drives that, that energy for you? Um, and I just usually write from, um, from my feelings, like, and I, I was telling, I was on Joe Rogan's podcast and I told, told him this is that whenever I'm at like the beginning of writing a new hour or new bits, I just kind of break down this grid and I write uh, love, hate, fear, and I write down topics that I think of like right now what do I love the most what what pisses me off what do I fucking hate what mm-hmm. what scares the crap out of me. Because I find that because I try to write so specific as well. I'm not a very topical writer. I don't write about like politics. I don't really write about what's going on in the world because that's just never really interested me. Um, often, sometimes to my detriment. But I try to, to like you know find that if I write about basic fears, likes, l- hatreds, that that's pretty universal. So even if I'm talking something very specific to me, like my son dropping hot fucking sauce on his nuts because he was acting like a jerk there's still a lot of people who are like oh my kid's a fucking jerk too it doesn't matter that he doesn't have autism it doesn't matter that he didn't spill pizza on himself but I know that feeling of wanting to you know slap your kid in the face but knowing you can't and then watching something bad happen to them and being kind of happy about it <laughs> yo Ron I want to I just want to you know me and Kaz um, and, and I'm so glad that you're here because we were talking about this last week. Um, me and my girl always argue about the shows that I watch, mm-hmm. right? So I like to watch Friends, The Office, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, show you've been on New Girl, mm-hmm. right? And Kaz fucking hates it. Listen, listen, I don't, I never said, I never said, right, shut up, let me, let me finish, no, shut up, let me finish this. All right. Let me, let, me this. let me do this. Let me do this. We're on a let break. <laughs> we're talking about friends. Not no, before girl. you, no, before you do this, let me, let me just get it off. Okay. Uh, and the episode you were in, you know, Winston and his girl were at the table. You were singing George Michael, mm-hmm. you know, that song. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that when black people navigate to Caucasian shows like The Office, Friends, mm-hmm. New Girl, how do you feel about that perspective? Because I, necess- I personally love those kind of shows. Mm. And 
they're just like, they're just funny to me. Like, it's not a culture shock. It's not like, you know, I, oh, they're funnier than Jamie Foxx and Wayne's brothers and this, that, and the third. They're just funny to me. How do you look at that perspective when people, when people of color navigate to those shows? Because you as a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the new girl in particular thing, that was um, just an interesting thing for me because that was one of my very first acting roles. And when I auditioned for it, it was a little bit different. Like I was like a little, I had more clothes, first of all. So that was <laughs> different. And then when I get there and they're like, no, you're dirty and you're naked and you're basically homeless. And I was just like, oh, I've been doing comedy for like 12, 10, 12 years at this point. And 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 this is what you want me to do is just you just is my body that you you know and i for a while i was like oh you know i was a little depressed about it but i was like you know what? i can fucking i can do that or i can knock this shit out of the park and um i just lucky to work with a great director lynn shelton who unfortunately recently passed away but she ended up becoming a major director directed like a lot of episodes of glow and a couple of great movies and, and amazing person i know i'm telling a very long story to get to your point because black people are very 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 territorial over this sitcom so i want you to finish this so i can follow yeah, up please make that point please make that point yeah it, but and i mean i also want to just give you an aside that the original song wasn't george michael's uh, uh father figure it was father actually yeah. Clarence Carter's stroking, which was which was the thing that got me interested in the role in the first place. Because I was like, oh, I know that song fucking backwards and forwards. I can nail the shit out of some Clarence Carter stroking. And apparently Clarence, the state of Clarence Carter wants a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, nah, Clarence Hall is... is, is is a bitch. That's why. That's why we don't get a lot of our classic like sitcoms anymore because nobody's trying to clear those records. Like everybody's mm-hmm. talking about. Oh my gosh, why doesn't MTV just do that? I'm like, you know how much money Universal is gonna want to clear all those records? Like it is a mm-hmm. bitch. It is absolutely it really is. Yeah. so. So we I want to answer your bigger point, but but it's like whenever I saw someone like uh, a person of color, a black person in particular on a show like, I mean, I, I, I'm friends with Aisha Tyler now, and one of the big, that's cool as fuck to that's me, because when I was a kid, she was the first black person I ever saw on Friends. Bingo. And to me, I even tell her that. I go, you are a part of black history <laughs> in my world because you were the first black woman to move to New York City in the Friends universe. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the, whole, that's the only reason why I couldn't get with Friends. I'm like, oh, you need to tell me? Yeah, I can't. I get it. I get it. Like, yes, Aisha Taylor was the first black woman, black person on Friends. And I understand that. But I do understand that when people were like, well, Friends is like, you know, that culture wasn't us or that. It's like, bro, it kind of was because like a lot of us are struggling in New York City. Like when we first moved to New York City, we put our apartment. We still share the same like, not like, yo, love and struggling and like bullshit jobs and, you know, fucking with our friends. My favorite. My Same favorite shit. shows, my favorite type of shows, my favorite sitcoms in general are usually female-driven sitcoms. And it's usually because it's a completely different world that I'm not a part of. It's, yeah, it's a new perspective. It's a new thing. My favorite show of all time is I Love Lucy. Um, right up there is Mama's Family. I love Carol Brunette's show. I love all, I mean, Roseanne before all the stuff, you know, back in the day. Like the original <laughs> complete series, that is legit. 
like when I'm writing my own show and I looked to wrote that original Roseanne show as inspiration because I was like, oh, this is the first time I've seen people of my, even though they weren't black, of my economic background on mm. television, where even though they somehow had a, had a pretty good house for being very poor, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that they did I mean, an episode about losing electricity and not being able to pay their light bills, stuff like that, to me, was stuff I highly related to. So I, I, I think I know exactly what you mean by that. It doesn't have to necessarily you can still bond with a different perspective that doesn't have to necessarily be a completely black sitcom. My mom and my sister, like they were in love with shows like the Parkers and stuff like that. And I could never get behind those shows because I just thought the writing wasn't what I liked, you know, but there are other shows like, I mean, I love sister, sister cause I grew up on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing, and the thing that, and Ryan, like, and not to you know, harbor too much on new girl, like, to the point you made, like, there are certain things that I just relate to with certain characters. Like, when I watch New Girl, like, me personally, like, I can sit there and relate to Nick. Like, the nigga was angry. The nigga was an old soul. <laughs> the motherfucker couldn't figure out a relationship. The nigga just wanted to live untraditional, like, just didn't want to live the regular life that people wanted to live and just wanted him to be like, yo, have a bank account, have a plan. And I'm like, so I'm I'm literally like, you can ask Kaz. Like, <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. like, this sounds personal. Yo, bro. <laughs> no, but I think, I think you're making a that's great point that's bigger than, than even, I mean, a lot of executives understand. They don't, they think like, oh, if it's, if a black person's going to watch it, we need to put a black person in there, even if we're shoehorning some white role and, and turning it into a black role, or that white people won't watch a show about b- black people. And I think you've seen shows like Atlanta, you see shows like Insecure. I think Insecure, the biggest group of women that watch it is black women and then white women. That's like oh, yeah. the biggest groups that watch that show. And I think um, people can relate to each other. It doesn't matter their color. It doesn't it, They relate to their background, their history, and they relate to uh, a unique and personal story. Yeah, that, that's just, that's, that, and that, that was my point, you know, to you and, you know, Kaz and City. This is like, yo, some some stories and some sitcoms just hit me a little bit different. Like, I, I grew up in a suburb, so, like, I kind of related a little bit more to the other side of the spectrum. Not to say that I don't understand. Like, Martin is one of my favorite shows, and I'm living mm. that shit right now. The radio shit and dealing with Shorty and trying to figure things out. So, like, that shit kind of hits me a little bit later on in life. So, like, I kind of can... I can play double sides. So it kind of offends me and it kind of makes me feel away when, and Kat, I need to like a finish my thing. original point now. Nobody's, there's nothing wrong with new girl though. There's nothing wrong with friends. I'm just saying, I find it hard to watch friends when there's like, 1.5 black people on the show. No, I mean, I understand both, <laughs> both I sides of that. that. I yeah, there's different I shows. I, lo- I mean, I Love Lucy is my favorite show, but my, my wife tried to get me to watch this show called How, How I Met Your Mother. And the first episode we watched, uh, the one of the main characters was meeting up with one of their old friends, and it was a black lady. And as soon as she met the black lady, she started talking black. And I was like, I'm out. I'm out. Why was this the first episode you showed me? That's a bad palate cleanse right there, bro. You got to ease me in. That's gross. Right. Oh, my God. Ron, you are, um, in addition to being a big 
uh, sport, uh, sports, stand up comic and actor. You're, you're the way we connect is you're a big wrestling fan, right? Like, yeah. and uh, I'm a lifer, you're a lifer. Uh, I think you did uh, wrestling with stereotypes at a uh, Starcast last year with my guy Andreas Hale mm-hmm. and uh, you know, some of the great talent to AEW. Um, but I never really got like your, 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 your wrestling origin story. Like what, what brought you in? Like for me, if you see behind me, my fir- my literal first memory in my like life was watching Survivor Series, Survivor Series 88. Like I just saw bright colors and Hulk Hogan and, and, and Macho Man and just yelling at each other and Ultimate Warrior just bright colors and yelling. I was like, what is this? And even as like a 1.5 year old, I, I remember that. I don't remember shit else before then. But I literally remember that day. So I got that poster behind me. What's your wrestling origin story? What what hooked you? I mean, it's pretty similar. But my, my basically my background was that you know I was growing up in Chicago. Um, whole house was full of women. Women. My mom was raising me. My sister was there, so I was very outnumbered, and it was just a lot of me watching whatever they wanted to watch you know, playing pretty, pretty princess, uh, giving <laughs> massages to, to shoulders when they were sore from work. Uh, that was my life. But my only escape was that my uncle would take me to the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago mm. and take me to WWF house matches. And then that's where I saw, um, same Hulk Hogan, Earthquake, uh, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Coco Beware, being one of my very first people I liked watching High Energy. That um, was the first tag team I probably fell in love High with. High Energy, yes. Coco and Beware. I was, yeah, I was all when when I saw Hulk Hogan put Earthquake on a stretcher in a stretcher match. I was I was all on board. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Now you, I know I got you on a. On a Tuesday night, and usually, you know what I mean, Wednesdays, I don't tape on Wednesdays because I got to gotta watch my AEW, got to watch my NXT, got to gotta make sure, you know what I mean, I set aside time for that. And I know I'm taking away time from NXT tonight, but i just love to get your thoughts on the current wrestling war. I don't want to call it a wrestling war, but like for the first time, two pretty – stacked wrestling organizations exist at the same time on major television cable. Um, I know you've been to StarCast, you're a lifelong WWF fan, WWE fan, but right now, right as we speak, like what is capturing your imagination in the world of wrestling, whether it's AEW, NXT, WWE, what is the one thing that you're like, I got to know what happens next week on that? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm real into some deep independent GCW wrestling Ooh, right now. I'm, okay. I'm real into culture. Nick Gage and Ricky Shane Page and, and the realness of what's going on there. I'm like, okay, this guy used to be on methamphetamine and he <laughs> robbed a bank and he got arrested. Then he got out and he got arrested again. But now he's back and he's probably a gang leader from everything that he's saying. <laughs> but I'm on board and they're hitting each other with light tubes so, and they have audiences. I think that's been my main thing is I need an actual audience, especially as being a stand-up. It's like I can't suspend. I don't have any suspension of disbelief where I'm like, <laughs> ooh, how's this match going to turn out? It's not about that to me. It's about like the reactions, the show, the pops. And, and without that, it doesn't really work for me. And I think the Thunderdome is kind of cool and how it 
fakes that, you know, mm-hmm. and allows them to still create that that atmosphere. But I think there's nothing like the real thing. And, and so I think the smaller independent shows have been fun. I've been watching a lot of New Japan. Uh, I mean, of course, I'm going to watch All In on Saturday, even though it is go opposing my live show. Now, where is it? Is this not in the same town, is it? Well, uh, my show is available worldwide. You can oh. get tickets, romfunches.com. It's only $10. We going we to hit the replay. We going to save it. <laughs> we going to have to hit the replay. It's available for 24 hours later. I, I, that, so that's what I'm going to do as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, so you're, 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 you came up on like backyard wrestling. Like you like the, was is it the, Scratch I like all a little that. bit of everything. I you, mean, I came up off the WWE. I went into ECW. I love WCW, but um, I think just because of, I think it's really a lot of what me being a stand-up. You know, I'm used to. I know the road dog aspect of it. I know the independent aspect of mm. it. I know the grinder. So when I see wrestlers that are out there making their own shirts, making their own stuff, doing the, all their own promotion, making their own videos. There's something about that I really get behind. So that's why I really, you know, I, I, I find myself with affinity to more of the independent guys. Yeah, I mean, I feel like between stand-up comedy, comics, rappers, uh, pro wrestlers, like they all live very similar lives. Like not home a lot, on the road, kind of got that rush of the crowd that keeps them going. Yeah. Um, and it feels like, you know, those events, those forms of entertainment have suffered the most through COVID-19. So like, have you, I mean, you say you're, you're a big Nick Gage fan and Nick Gage is probably one of the most popular dudes in the independence, but like, I know you talk about talk with comedians a lot and keep yourself sharp. But like, have you had any conversations with any, like these independent wrestlers or any mm-hmm. professional wrestlers about like just how you've been kind of keeping on and, What's yeah. how different it is like this? No, it's pretty cool. It kind of reminds me. I mean, I guess it doesn't remind me because I didn't live through it, but it, I hope it's kind of like the, the old vaudeville days where, where like, like everybody kind of helps each other no matter what the background. And no, I've been talking with a lot of independent people, whether it's been like Ricky Shane Page or Brody King or Effie. Um, and, and a lot of them have been doing things on Twitch and they got me also interested in where I've been running my Twitch channel, playing games with, with fans and I do a comedy night where I watch YouTube comedy videos of people who inspired me and the reasons why I got into comedy. And then I sometimes make fun of them as well, which has been <laughs> a really great time. It's nothing better than making fun of legends. You go back and watch old Eddie Murphy. It's like, Oh man, you talk a lot about a guy getting his dick sucked by another guy. And then you find out later, a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, What's a, we're we're, te- we're testing the waters, Ron. We're testing. The, this is the true test of your fame. If you can get, if we can get you to get some slurpy jokes out of Eddie Murphy today, <laughs> and 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 live to tell the story. You still got levels to go, man. Uh, <laughs> my goodness. Uh, I know I know. my man Jake has a question. Jake, could you want to uh, go ahead and ask that real quick? Yeah, there what's up, is. Ron? Big fan, okay. salute. Uh, you said something recently, and I kind of I understood what you said from the quote, but I kind of wanted to get you to talk about it on the show a little bit. You said in quarantine or in the last few months, you've seen how people, or you think a lot of people who thought they were woke, quote-unquote, 
mm-hmm. are not as woke as maybe they realized or they realized they weren't as woke as they thought they were. Mm-hmm. Um, could you kind of talk about that realization? Because I agree and think it's kind of like a just a, a hot word that gets thrown around a lot and usually doesn't mean being mm-hmm. in touch with uh, your sensitivities and being aware. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I named the live show I'm doing Awakening, because I think it was more like about people waking up to what's going on to a lot of things that uh, people of color have known for decades, things that have been drilled into us from our parents and grandparents. And a lot of people consider themselves woke and they they just attack anyone who they think is you know, not using the right words or not, uh, you know, or they use a word that they have deemed inappropriate. And, and to me, there's nothing, nothing kind and nothing empathetic about that, nothing helpful about that. I see it a lot on Twitter, like I specifically recently where someone was attacking someone for, you know, being anti-transgender. And then they were, and then someone else right below them was like, well, well you remember when you said this about <laughs> black people? <laughs> Yo, that is my favorite thing on Twitter. The this you, like when Yo. someone hits me with a this you, I, like there's, there's never been a good outcome after that tweet in the, in the, in the history yeah. of ever. Yeah, it's just, you know, people attacking each other for the use of words. And I'm always, I've always hated that because I consider myself a kind person and a positive person, but I love using any word I damn well please. I love talking shit. I mm. love having fun. And I don't see <laughs> that as a negative, you know, when people get so much concerned with how you deliver the message and, and the, 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 the wrapping and the paper on the message as opposed to what's really going on in the message itself, I have no respect for that. So, like, you know, I have a lot more respect for these very same people who are being mocked relentlessly by a lot of my peers in comedy, but not but uh, six months a year ago, talking about all these lazy millennials, these uh, these kids that don't do anything. And then, like, these are the motherfuckers who are being like, I'm sick of this shit. I'm on the front line. I'm getting shot by rubber bullets. I'm out here, people calling them anarchists and stuff, and they're the people truly fighting for our freedom right now. And, I, and so I don't have respect for, the, you know, those people who sit around being like, oh, I'm woke on this or that and, and, and don't actually live a life of positivity, especially when we're needed most right now. Does it, does, it, does, it get back to the, does it get back to the point, Ron, where the, the narrative and the rhetoric of, of comedy can be easy because we're in election year, protests, um, a lot of despair, a lot of things that are going on that we can't joke about and we can't really talk about without someone getting sensitive and the other side taking offense. Do you see a point where we can get back to that common ground of just like making jokes, having fun, being light, not taking everything serious? Do you see a point where we can go back to that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I still try to do that now because to me, that's one of the, um, if you're going to really kind of like break down what's going on, like it's more than just like people being murdered in the street, which is already a terrible tra- tragedy, but something that we've had before. And then now we've also seen this new thing where they're like, well, we got just friends of cops and this guy is our, our buddy and he's upholding law and order. And, and 
what that really does, right, is it's there to instill fear, right? Mm-hmm. It's there to make you think that at any moment, whether it's a cop or just a guy or a in the street who who's, loves cops, could come in and take like, our like lives. The, like, the kid Kyle, like the kid Kyle, the 17-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Kyle exactly. exactly. That's, I mean, I just choose not – that's who I'm talking about. I choose oh, not Kyle. to say his name because oh, I don't want to give that motherfucker no shine. Sure. Uh, <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, I appreciate you explaining what I was saying for people who might not be understanding. Um, So, like, just when that happens, like, it's this life of, like, your initial reaction is kind of just, like, put your head down, feel separated, get in fear fear for your life, you know? And I'm in a position. I live in the fucking valley, you know? And I still, driving to work, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I I hope something doesn't happen. And Mm -hmm. as illogical as that might be, it's a fear that's kind of trying to put in us to control us. So I feel part of my job and part of my life is to be there to go, no, fuck you. I'm going to be free. I'm going to be laughing. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to smile. I'm going to dance. I'm going to show you you can't break me no matter what. And I'll continue to, of course, talk about what's going on in the world. I'm not going to sit around and act like things aren't going on and we don't need change, but I'm not going to sit down there and just get angry and, and turn my attitude. Because I think once you lose that, that soulfulness, once you lose that kindness, once you lose that empathy, you kind of become them. You know, we was long ago, you can't fight negativity with negativity. It only breeds more negativity. You mm-hmm. have to fight it with positivity as hard as it is and it doesn't mean you got to be a punk bitch by any means but it does mean like you you gotta be positive you gotta look for the bright side you gotta look for the bright day and you gotta show that we're we are fucking classy noble people in a land of fucking savages so i kind of like to live like that you know as as weird as i might have just gotten Right no, that was, that was real, yo. We were we were literally talking about this last episode, and like we were just literally yeah. talking about how like you know right now it's so easy to be negative. It's so like man, this especially black people. Like in the past year, we lost Kobe Bryant, Black Chad Bozeman, John Thompson, like three super like iconic black like leaders. You know, I mean, not I mean, not saying there were politicians or anybody, but like, you know, we all people that grew up in entertainment or sports or as fans as movies or whatever. And like, you know, we see these people and, you know, when you're talking about mental warfare that's going on right now and how hard it is to stay positive, because that's a mental game that gets played on you as well. Like it is really hard to see those symbols of strong black leadership or strong black talent or, or iconic figures like being torn away. So especially mm-hmm. this week when mm-hmm. the, our, 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 our biggest black superhero like passes away, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's almost like an, the biggest act of rebelness, the biggest act of defiance is still waking up with a smile on your face and still being like, you know what? Like we ain't going to let this break us. Like we're still going to continue going. So yeah, no, like this is, this wasn't weird at all. Like this is exactly. Yeah, you got to think about. You got to think about how great Chadwick was to do all that. How strong? How Ooh. strong of a person that is, and how strong that is ingrained in our in our bodies, in our souls, in our skin, in our blood. That's that's us. Yeah. And, like, and he did that. You know, making those fucking five six movies while fighting this, while traveling, while doing all all the promo and stuff. You know that's 
that is something to be celebrated. He did so much in, and he showed us that we could do it. And that, oh, I mean, yeah. I see that time, but it's in my fucking bio, leading man. Because like going from all these auditions where like, you know, since I came in LA, it's like, oh, you want, you're, you're going to be a gang member. You're a gang member now. And it's like, <laughs> have you met me? Have you seen my smile? Like, <laughs> 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 no, but yeah, like there was obviously like the, the initial shock of like what happened and, and, and that he's no longer living, but it feels like ever since I've heard like every, I feel, literally every hour since he's passed away, I feel like I've heard more like almost Paul Bunyan like tales of this man's like bravery and strength. I was like, wait, 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 hold on. He cancer four years ago. Black Panther, Infinity War, all these movies, like, what? I think it was a respect factor that people had for him, and maybe people that weren't necessarily in his inner circle may have known something was up or may have known... No, 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 yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think this is only... This has only made me, like, it's only... I mean, granted, like, when Kobe passed, like, this is the only person I can compare it to. Like, when Kobe passed, I was fucked up. Cause like that is tragic, like tragedy. Like no matter how accomplished you are, like with your daughter, yeah, with your daughter, like that is that is just tragic. But for this, like, there's almost like, and I don't want to sound weird or insensitive, but it's almost like, yo, the balls on him, like to know, like this is this is the end of the line. Like four years ago, they tell you you got stage three colon cancer, like you are not beating this. You know what I mean, like, and. To 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 know, we're all gonna go one day, but I'm gonna do everything I can with what I got left. Like what else? Like what more can you do as a human being than maximize your talents the way he did in his dying days? Like it's it's more. And I hate making insp- inspiration porn, but like God damn it, like I'm inspired. I'm inspired after that shit. You know what it is? You know, you know the funny thing? Not even funny, Blake. You know the thing about it is like I don't want this to be the the ceiling of inspiration. I want this to be I want this to be a root of inspiration because we can look at this and be like, damn, like that story is beautiful, that story is tragic, or that story is inspirational, X, Y, and Z. But at the same time, it's like he may do with his time that he had and he and maybe he was told that he had X, Y, and Z amount of time. I don't know our health restrictions. I don't know anyone else's. I don't know, you know, Ron, I don't know yours. Kaz, I don't know yours. Jake, I don't know yours. Eden, I don't know yours either. But But nine times out of 10, I know a lot of us in this chat right now are healthy. I can say that. I can speak to that, that we're healthy. I would hope that we're healthy. Mm. So to Chad's point, there's no reason why we cannot live out that story to a greater detail. Mm. And I say this to anyone that listens. I say this to anyone that's a fan of me, Kaz, Ron, Jake, Eden. I say that to everyone who's, who's listened and followed us and who fucks with us. There's no reason why you can't live your story out to a greater detail. Chad was a blueprint. He had a limited time, limited time, and he did what he was supposed to do. We can do better and we can do greater. Also, this is a very, very pivotal time to take care of ourselves. And I know, Kaz, you joke about me being a medical marvel and this, that, and the third. 
Yo, Lo Yo, eats man. eight steaks a day and drinks <laughs> nothing but bourbon. And <laughs> hasn't gained the pound. I've been for 11 years. Hasn't gained the pound. Has not gained the pound. I'm like, yo, how the fuck do you do this? He survives on Jameson Doritos. <laughs> well, my point, my larger point before Kaz was a dickhead, my larger point was to, you know, take advantage of the time that you have, take advantage of the, of the health that you have, and take advantage of the knowledge that you don't have yet. Take advantage of the knowledge that you don't have yet because the knowledge that you don't have is going to take you to a level that you never knew you could go to. You feel what I'm saying? So anyone who's watching us and Ron, you know, you're, you're doing your fucking thing. So please continue to provide that light, that euphoric feeling, that, that smile, like you said, when, you know, the casting director looked at you, you was like, yo, nigga, you know, you, do you know my smile? Do you know my smile? (laughs) (laughs) Keep having that thing, but you know, um, you know, rest in peace to Chad, but like, I think we have to continue on who we are as black men in this industry. And I feel like yeah. that we have a greater responsibility to continue and to do that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I just, think that I see that with the loss of, uh, our, our black leaders. And I still, I noticed that <laughs> it more, more than that, it just seemed like we've been losing more and more cool people, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. losing yeah. people like Jerry Stiller, you know, and, and I look at that and go like, well, then it's my job to kind of step up and try to fill that void. I'm not saying I'm them by any means, but I'm saying I can, I'm going to try to live that life and, and push my abilities as far as I can go because I was inspired by these people. I was raised off of these people, and I want to do what I can in, in this business while I'm here because I think that positivity is, is bigger than just, like, you know, some show or, 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 or people seeing you in a moment, like, just like the kindness you see in some comedy, the things I've seen in like Carol Burnett or, or, or just any random person is like, it's big. It's like, it, it's it kind of informs the way you treat people in general. And I want to be a part of that. I want to show another way of like, you know, if you hate the way things are going, you can't just talk shit about it. You got to show another way. Mm-hmm. Same thing pretty much Loon said the other week, Cash. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I mean, you know what? It's, it's, this was a great talk, um, you know, and, and Ron, like, you, you said it, like, everybody's going to have gigs and have shows here and there, but, like, I think just your, your positive light and the way that you've, you know, attacked everything with, like, relentless positivity is, like, mad inspiring, you know what I mean? And I've watched it from afar for a long time, and, like, just the way you carry yourself, always, like, just just real fucking a weird sort of distinguished, like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like you, you know, that's it. That's very accurate. We yeah, are distinguished. Like, that's very, like a weird, very weird, but distinguished in a way, you know? So it's like, I'm just really glad you, we got to, we got to chop it up, man. And I know we, we we're, we're running out of time soon, but, um, you know, Ron, I know this is not relevant. I know this is not relevant right now, but, mm-hmm. um, my hotel is literally on 1600 where the black lives matter shit is like my whole, like literally I'm on second floor and I'm looking at the yellow, the yellow print mm-hmm. on 1600 leads to the white house. So I'm gonna go outside and just like take pictures and just like, <laughs> I just, well, just th- thank how you does it make you feel that. when you see it? That's what I want to know. I, yo, like I, when you yo, saw yo, it, yo, how did it make you feel? Ron, honestly, like, my my old like my my car service pulls up and I'm like and I see the White House as we're, we're we're driving down the road I'm like damn my White House is right there 
So I'm like, damn, it's like the, the, the Black Lives Matter mural should be somewhere around here. And as soon as we turned the corner, boom, it was right there. And I see the yellow, like, I, I wish I could show y'all. I don't want it to be corny, but I, it's literally the Black Lives Matter, yellow paint on the black road. And I'm like, this shit is like, it's literally. And this, literally, is, this is your first time in D.C. in like a year. Oh, damn, yeah, that's it right there. That's right there. It's right there. I'm on the second floor. It's literally right there, Jeez. bro. It's my second. It's my first time in D.C. in about six or seven months. It's crazy. It's crazy how much the world's changed like that quickly. Yeah, man. Like White House is like literally right down the block from my fucking hotel. Same my hotel. goodness. Well, um, oh, I stayed there. That's nice. <laughs> it's nice, yeah, yeah, Ron. It's nice. It's nice over here. It's nice. Awesome, awesome, man. Well, uh, we're we're gonna wrap this up real quick, man. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to Say Less with Cass and Low Key. Ron Funches, one of the funniest men, one of the most kindest guys in the industry. Love having you. We're gonna have you back here soon. Please. Hopefully, we're all in the same place and safe and back in the barbershop. But um, there's anything you want to say before we get out of here, man? Yeah, have at it, brother. Uh, I mean, just appreciate you guys having me. If people get a chance, uh, does this, when does this come out? I don't. This know. should come out, uh, Edin. What <laughs> Thursday, right or Wednesday? This is coming out Thursday. Thank you, oh, thank you, Ed. Okay. Oh, this shit, there perfect. you go. Okay, yeah. two days from now. So okay, well, Ron was like, when did this come out? Like, when did I <laughs> Man, you asked me to be here, I come here. No problem. Uh, but if, yeah, people watching it and listen to it when it right when it comes out, I'm doing a live show this Saturday, 7 p.m. If you're an AEW fan, I know you're probably busy. But <laughs> it's going to be available up to 24 hours later. It's $10, so please get yourself a ticket, ronpunches.com. Um, other than that, if you I have that game show on Quibi called Nice One. Um, if you'd never download a Quibi, which is a lot of people, that's, that's <laughs> what I've been told. You probably Listen, have a two-week trial for free. It's got no credit card Just This is literally the least you could do to help me out. Is just download that two-week trial and just start an episode of mine and then walk away from your phone. That's what all about you your Twitch? do. You can watch. Yes, thank you. My Twitch, Ron underscore Funches. Hang out, play games, watch comedy with me. I do live recordings of my podcast intro. If you uh, want to find out who the guest is early or if you want to hear my affirmations early, we do that Sundays at about 1230. Wait, this is dropped Thursday? This, this, this is coming out Thursday. This episode. Well, this episode's coming oh, out. All right, so, just so, just so y'all know, like, Thursday is my birthday, so. Hey! Virgo hey. gang! Virgo gang! Nice. Thursday is my wife's birthday. Hey. hey! Shout out to the wife. Happy birthday, wife. It's a good, good, good Virgo energy in here. I like you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> I, 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 I have fun with this episode. I like it. I like awesome, it. awesome. All right, guys, I'll let y'all get back to it. And as always, subscribe youtube.com slash Kazim for the full video episode. Obviously, we're all socially distanced, so this will look different than past episodes. But subscribe. Type in Sailors with Kaz and Low Key on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, each and every week, thank you to our guests, Ron Funches, Edin Martinez, Jake, Low Key. Like we say every week, stay safe, stay free, and always, always, always say less. And wear your fucking mask, nigga! Uh. <laughs> <laughs>